amazing. Um, love you. Thank you. Everybody watching online, 9 a.m. service. I know this is the one that's televised out there. Thank you guys for being part of the church, wherever you're at. Love you. Um, we got a good word this morning, and here's the deal. Like I told you guys last week, I'm not giving the word this morning. Uh, I told you last week, I still, I'm, I'm still kind of processing some stuff. I'm walking stuff out in this season, and um, I, I don't want to... I don't want to jump the gun and I don't want to get up here and like go on my own Carl strength and power. Like I have to go on Holy Spirit strength and power. So I don't want to assume that I'm ready to be preaching messages again, everything. I know last week God carried me, but I kind of feel like I still need a little bit more time. Is that okay? Can you guys just be gracious with me and give me a little bit more time? I'm going to be around still and, you know, I'm just going to take some time for myself. But um, but God's doing some good stuff and I, I feel like like, I, I need to build my confidence up a little bit more. I need him to, to sow into me and find some peace a little bit and find a regular routine. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to share a video that spoke to me. Uh, I went to a conference, a pastor's conference, a few weeks back with a bunch of our staff, and we went, and it really spoke to me in this time that I'm going through. And um, I think it's going to speak to you. I wanted to bring it back. I wanted to share it. And the the main idea behind this video is one word. It's this word, anxiety. It's anxiety that has to do with our, our fears, our stress, our doubts, our, the unseen future, the unknown. God's giving us promises, but we don't know if we can hold on to them. Is it really going to happen? God, is it that good? Why is my life like this? With a show of hands, can I just ask how many of you guys in this room have ever struggled with or do now? Anxiety. Come on. Look at that. Look around. So this message today is for you. It's for me. I've heard it like four times already, and it, I get something out of it every single time. Anxiety is such a killer. Um, the Bible says itself that love, perfect love, casts out all fear. And so God knows that we need to be here today. He knows that he needs to be in our lives and speaking to us because we struggle with fear. I'm not normally an anxious person by nature. If you guys know me, I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty casual. Like, I cruise through life at, like, kind of just cruisy speed. Like, I'm the guy in school, and if you guys can relate, like, you put off the full midterm project and everything till the night before. Anybody? You do that, you're like, nah, I got it. A couple hours, I'll work on it. Last minute, I put off every, I just cruise through life. I get it done when I need to. I'm the guy that's literally missed flights before, showed up at the airport too late. Anybody like that? Because I just don't like, oh, well, no big deal. I'll jump on another one. And like all my, my, everybody's stressing at me. My parents are, well, you missed your flight. I'm like, no big deal. I got this. Like I'm literally pretty cruisy of a guy. But there's been seasons in my life where anxiety has hit me pretty hard. Like when it really hits hard, it hits hard. There's been some loss. There's been some family and relational things that I've had to walk through. And, and I find myself in that season again right now. And I'm walking that out. And anxiety is kind of coming up and I'm kind of struggling. And so reason why I'm still kind of just taking a break and letting God minister to me. But this video message from this conference spoke to me so much. It's this pastor from Colorado. His name is Aaron Stern. And it's only a 20 minute teaching. So you got to get into it quick, lean in hard. He says about three really amazing points that are going to bless your life today. And then because it's so short, we're going to take some extended time and do a couple songs of worship at the end where we're just going to lean in and take and process whatever God's given us today. And we're just going to give all of our junk to God. So today's going to be a good service for you. And um, I want you to not wait until you get into it, but to be ready to receive right now. Because everybody that raised their hand and said you struggle with anxiety, this is a word for you. It's a word for me in my life right now. I'm in this patient waiting process of what's God going to do. And I've got promises, but I don't know. I'm scared. And, 
And this is a good word for you. So, guys, can I just pray right now that we'd receive it, and then we're going to listen to the message. Lord, I pray right now, Father God, that our hearts and our minds and our ears and our eyes would be open to receive all that you have for us in Jesus' name. Lord, that whatever words and in, in, in your word that speaks to us this morning, we'd receive it and it would actually change our life. It would speak to the places of fear and doubt and insecurity and worry and, and just fear. Lord, we're scared. I pray, Father God, that, that stuff would change because of what we experience here this morning in your word, in the words that are preached, in the prayer, and in the worship time together. Father, that today would be a milestone in our lives, and it would help us so much. We love you, Lord. We're ready to hear it. Uh, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, thank you so, so much. What a huge, huge honor. Thank you to Dino and to the entire lead team. I consider it uh, just a privilege to be standing on this platform uh, here today. You know, I think it's easy. We're seven years old. Our church plant, we had an amazing journey, uh, which is a whole nother talk of God leading us, speaking to us to the point of saying we are going to go plant a church, step off into the unknown. And it was a beautiful, amazing story. We moved to Fort Collins and then you can look through. We're seven years old. We've got two locations and God's doing an amazing, amazing work. And we can see those, whether it's my story or Church of the Highlands story or whatever. And we think, wow, that's amazing. That's what I want. And you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Because four months before our first launch day, uh, our first launch in 2012, February, in Colorado, Fort Collins, had not lived in this city, had not grown up in this city, didn't know a soul in this city when I moved there. And four months before, I, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning with this cloud over my head, my heart racing, my uh, cold sweat, and thinking, oh, I'm just a little nervous. And then it happened the next day. And the next day, and the next day. So I thought, well, I've got a lot of things on my mind. I must need to write them down. So I put the notepad next to the bed and started writing all the things that were you know, in my head, but, and, and, but I couldn't go back to sleep. And the next day, four o'clock in the morning. The next day, might've been three o'clock in the morning. Next day, might've been 4.30. But either way, it was way, 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 way before my alarm. And way before Jesus got up that day, I'm just saying. And day after day after day after week, I found myself in a place I had never been before. I was anxious. I was, I would wake up heart racing, cold sweat, fingers tingling. And I couldn't, it wasn't like, well, I guess I'll just get up today and go for a run. Like it was, it, it would, it would stayed like that all day long. And I was getting afraid. I'm thinking I, I, I need to be the sharpest I've ever been in terms of mentally in my life. I'm afraid of making bad decisions and all the things that are going on. I brought a friend to the art conference, a, a staff member last year, and, and he, he asked me, he knew about some of my story, but he said, he's he, listening to the, to the speakers, and he said, does every pastor here deal with anxiety? I said, well, I think it's a pretty common theme. We live in an age where one in five people are on some sort of anti-anxiety depression medication. The highest number of, uh, the, 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 the area or demographic that's growing the most is teenagers today. We are living in an epidemic of anxiety. Millions of people on sleeping aids. And here I found myself getting ready to launch a church 
launching a church and waking up four o'clock in the morning under a cloud thinking, I, I can't do this. People would ask me, are you having fun? I'd say, no, I'm not having fun. I mean, God is in this, but I am not having fun. Can we just be like honest right now? And I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think this is, you know, I just, this, I, I, I must have chose the wrong city. Maybe I didn't really hear God. And then you read the scripture that says, don't be anxious about anything. And I'm like, I'm anxious about everything. And if I couldn't be, if I could stop being anxious, I would, I would stop, but I just can't. I just wake up there. You wake up in that spot. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You didn't think your way into it. You didn't have negative thoughts that led you there. You just woke up in the pit. And over the, la over the last seven years, I've had this journey of walking out of that pit. And it started because I, 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 you know, there's lots and lots of reasons you can say that it started, but I, but I found myself in this place where I would try, I, I found this, you can't think your way out of it. And I thought, well, if I could just, you know, well, that's not true and this isn't true. And I found myself actually going deeper. And so one day I was reading the scriptures and Psalm chapter 22, verse 24, he says, for he has not, God has not despised the cries of deep despair. I found myself in deep despair. He's my first responder to my sufferings, and he didn't look the other way when I was in pain. He was there all the time, listening to the song of the afflicted. I thought, I don't need to be thinking, I need to be singing. Worship is a weapon. And can I just suggest to you that you start with worship. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In that particular verse it says, I will help you. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. See, I think we get mixed up here when we think that we're fighting fear. God is the real fear fighter. And when we worship, we're bringing everything to God and we're saying, God, I need you. And God becomes the fear fighter. See, you cannot think your way through any, everything, but you can worship your way through anything. <laughs> worship is a weapon, but it persisted. I started to, it raised my spirits middle of the night, four o'clock in the morning. I'd make myself make my way out of my bed and I'd go out into the living room and I'd worship. And I'd try to go back to sleep and maybe for a little while, but it persisted. And I had a thought that crossed through my mind for the first time in my life. I, maybe the only way out of this is to take my own life. I didn't, it was like, it was the enemy dropping it into my head. I told my wife, she said, you need to call somebody. I cannot encourage you enough. Do not fight this alone. Call somebody, tell somebody, tell a group of close friends. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. I'm so supposed to be the strong pastor. 
So I called some friends. Thank God for Chris Hodges. Thank God for, for my overseers. Thank God for people like that. And I ended up telling a group of our leadership team, and I thought, this is it. This is, it's over. It's over. I'm about, I am on, I'm crashing and burning the church, and we've barely started. And I told them, I said, this is what's going on right now. I'm struggling. I said, you may think, I, I can't follow you. You're, I'm out of here. You respect. And somebody said, you know what, Aaron? I respect you more. I thought, What? Because they heard somebody that was real. So do not fight it alone. And I found myself a little more strengthened, but it persisted. I can tell you that in one, the first year, I had a good night's sleep less than five nights in the first year. That does not feel good. And so it's been a journey of walking through this, worshiping through it all, telling and reaching out and finding strength in the people around me. But I think the biggest breakthrough came when I realized that whenever I was going to bed at night, I was, I was sleeping on a pillow of pressure. And you know, the pressure can kill you, especially if that pillow gets on top of you. And as I was reading the scripture, I came across Mark chapter one, verse nine. It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, sometimes we read the scripture and we, we listen to it or we read it a little robotically. This is my son. Well, pleased. I love him. No, 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 no. I think that is missing the absolute intensity of this particular passage. I think, the, 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 I think heaven burst open because God's heart was bursting for his son. And this is God, his father, overlooking the balcony of heaven and saying, that's my boy, that's my boy right there. I love my boy. Oh, I'm so proud of my boy. So proud of my boy. Now, this is the amazing thing. Jesus hadn't done anything. He hadn't healed the sick. He hadn't raised any lame people, any dead people, nothing. Proud of my boy. I was laying my head on the pillow of pressure because, you know, I'm comparing. I'm thinking, I'm not a good enough leader. I come to the art conference, supposed to be encouraging, and I'm thinking, look at that guy, look what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and then you look on Instagram, and, and they're like, you know, hundreds or thousands of salvations and baptisms, and you're like, I would just love that many people to show up at my church. Heaven bursts open. God communicates. It's my boy. I love him. And I'm proud of him. And then it says, verse 12, at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He went into pressure, but he started with pleasure. 
He went into the pressure. Oh, there's pressure. But he was fueled by pleasure. By the pleasure of a father. We need to lead from a place of pleasure, not a place of pressure. For me, you know what that meant? It meant coming to a place where I can lay my head, not on the pillow of, of pressure, but I can lay my head on the pillow of pleasure. God, you love me. You're proud of me. We didn't have a great Sunday this last Sunday, but you're proud of me. Loves me. Heart bursts for me. He delights in you. Loves you. You know, the other time, there's another section, it's Matthew 17, where Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we hear the same thing from God. It's the only times we know what God said to Jesus, and he, in specifically in terms of prayer, and he, he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Elijah and Moses, of course, Matthew, uh, Peter, James, and John are there, and he says, this is my son, whom I love, and him I'm well pleased. What was that right before? Him going to the cross. Wanted him to be fueled as he goes into a place of pressure by pleasure. Psalm chapter 51, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It doesn't say restore unto me the joy of my calling. Restore unto me the joy of my accomplishments. Restore unto me the joy of everything I've done or how I am in comparison to any other church. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, that I am a loved son of God Almighty. I love my boy. It's my boy. I'm so proud of my boy. I have four sons, Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith, and associates. It's a nice little law firm. <laughs> and one of my sons provides for me wonderful opportunities for instruction, regularly, <laughs> consistently. And you know what I found myself doing? Instructing him all the time. All the time. And there was a lot of tension in our relationship. It was, it was tough. It was, it was annoyance. I found myself just regularly annoyed and disappointed and come on. And that was coming through in my tone. Oh, come on, eat with your mouth closed. You know, I mean, whatever it was. And as this has come alive in my heart, I thought, I am putting a lot of pressure on my son. And I have a job as a parent to train, no doubt. But I want him to feel first and foremost the delight and pleasure of a father. You know what I do now? When he walks in or when I see him in the morning, oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, so great to see you. How are you? And I see like 14 things that I want to correct and need to be addressed. I love you. Oh, how are you? I mean, we'll get to that later. And do you, can I just tell you, it has like transformed my relationship with my son. Because we'll get to that, but you know what? 
he actually now responds to the direction because he's fueled by the pleasure of a father. So what if we slept on pillows of pleasure, not pillows of pressure? See, I'm, I'm convinced that I love leadership books and we get leadership talks and we get leadership conferences and all that kind of stuff, but I'm actually convinced that we don't need more leaders and leader conferences and all that kind of stuff. We need more sons and daughters who lead. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dishing, dissing all of that kind of thing. I'm just saying we need more sons and daughters who lead. Because it means that we start from a place of pleasure in order to engage the pressure. And so I just want to take a moment here. The way, you know, we can say, oh, that's such a great idea in my head, but there's something about getting it to sink into our hearts. So you know what I've done for the last year? Every morning I read my Bible and I sit. I have this chair, me, coffee, God. I mean, it's just, you know, that's, that's how it works. And, and I'll, I'll just sit there. I actually put a timer on my phone so I don't have to worry about like, oh, how long's it been? Do I have to get it to this or whatever? And I just sit and I'm not trying to tell God anything. I'm not trying to listen for anything. No vision. I, there's times for that. I, I love that. But in this moment, all I want to do is sit with Jesus and experience and hear his delight. I just love being with you. Just love being with you. And I sit there and I just feel like it's me and Jesus. And he's like, I, I, just, I just like you. If you're into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. I'm a performer. You know what my like my big thing inside of me is? Is anybody delight in me for me or just for my achievements? sitting with God. He's like, proud of you, no matter what you do. I'm for you. I got a calling. All that stuff's true. But I delight in you. I just like being with you. Can't get enough of you. Oh, that's my boy. And sometimes it's just like sitting and sometimes it just feels like, but can I just encourage you? Make it a discipline. You know, because I've known it in my head. I grew up in church. I know that. I know that. But now I know it. Yeah. So can you just close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment? I just want to pray. For some of you, for some of you here, You, you've, you've been reaching for some things that you shouldn't be reaching for in the middle of the night. See, we need to pay attention to what we reach for when we're in pain. Sometimes we reach for Netflix. Sometimes we reach for sleep. Sometimes we reach for a substance. But I think God is calling us to reach for him. To reach for him in worship. To reach out to others. And ultimately to experience the delight of God. And so as you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask, would you be brave enough 
If you're here today and you're like, yeah, that's me, I experience, and I know there's a spectrum of anxiety, but if you're here today and you say, yeah, that is me, I am struggling, that's, you've described something of what I've experienced, would you just raise your hand up? Yeah, hands all over. Sometimes we can just see the smiles on the outside and think they're good. So Holy Spirit of God, would you speak your delight into each one of your sons and daughters here today? Restore to each one of us the joy of our salvation, being welcomed by a father that says, welcome home. It's my boy, it's my girl. So Holy Spirit, pray that each person here would not hear my words, but would be hear the words of the Father. I love my son, I love you. I love you, my daughter. And I take so much pleasure, so much delight in you. In Jesus' name, amen. How was that? Was that good? I hope it spoke to you this morning. I know it's like Sunday morning, we're at church and all this. I hope you let that stuff really sink in. It's been ministering to me. Those are three powerful things that they talked about there. First one, worship is a weapon. And I hope you guys take advantage of that weapon that God has given us to fight anxiety and the, the whispers and the lies of the enemy, the thoughts that get in there. I hope you take advantage of, of worship. And it's, it's not good enough that you just come to church and you sing a couple songs on a Sunday. It's not enough to carry you. I think what worship is, it makes it so powerful, is, is the songs in the worship are scriptures. They're promises of God. They're promises about God and what he can do in your life. You know, David was one of the greatest songwriters in the Bible, book of Psalms, and what he wrote in there, there were poems to God. There were words, they were, they were solid truths about who he is in our lives. And if you think you can get yourself hyped up and fight anxiety enough by listening to the radio, you're wrong. I'm telling you that right now. Yesterday I was listening, I went to go surf North Shore and put in just regular radio song, like, yeah, and I just realized it's not the same. I got to put worship in there. It sets my heart in a different place and gets gets my confidence and my my reliability on God and not on just fast emotions or something. And so for me right now, and I'm taking advantage of worship, worship night coming up, um, can't wait for that, but worship here in church, we're going to lean into a couple songs right after this, but if you're not a, if you're not into worship right now, start downloading music, start getting some CDs, start just signing up for whatever, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, whatever you need to do. But there's some really incredible stuff right now I'm listening to, Hillsong and Hillsong United, Bethel. Bethel's got some incredible stuff right now. But I'm just nonstop pouring it into my mind so that it gets into my heart, so that I'm strong and I'm guarded against the anxious thoughts and the worry. So take advantage of that. Worship's a weapon. But the second thing he said is, don't fight this alone. Guarantee you there's a bunch of people in this room right now that if it wasn't for you raising your hand, people wouldn't even know that you struggle with anxiety because you keep a good fake smile and a good face on and you hold it inside, you internalize it. And what happens is you isolate yourself and the enemy likes you alone because you become your own worst enemy. And all your own thoughts keep on playing and repeat and your life is worse. 
and you need to let people in. You need to get out. Why are we so big in this church about relationships and connect groups? Is because we don't want you to fight alone. We got the idea from God. He preaches it in his word so many times. Look at how many times he mentions the phrase one another or each other. Life is supposed to, supposed to be lived doing life together with other people that got your back. I'm thankful in my life. I have people I can text at two in the morning when I'm freaking out. Pray for me right now. Lies are coming in. I need some help. Hey, can we, we go hang out right now? And, and you can't hang out with everybody, but there's the people that know you, that get you, that understand you, that you need to hang out with the right people. And I'm thankful that I don't have to fight whatever I'm fighting alone. And I'm going to get through this time. And I'm, like I said, I'm a pretty cruise person in general, and I'm going to get through it. But for the times that I'm in it, I need people that believe in me, tell me they're proud of me, they love me, they're praying for me. We all need that. I don't make light of it because I know a lot of you guys are walking through anxiety and it's, it's longer than what I walk through my little seasons. So I'm saying worship is a weapon. Don't fight it alone. Get with others. And there's a third thing that's so heavy what he said. He spent a lot of time on that. Lead from a place of the pleasure of God in your life. You know, scripture tells us this. We should delight ourselves in the Lord. And that's a good thing. We should find joy, strength. We should delight ourselves. We love you, God. But there's also a place for allowing him to delight himself in us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. In you, I am well pleased. I'm proud of you, my son. I see what you're doing. Carl, I know you're hurting right now. And I'm walking through with you. But I'm proud of you. Just keep, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, you beat yourself up. You, you've made mistakes. You walk in guilt and shame. But God doesn't hold that against us. Jesus already died on the cross for that stuff. Amen? And you got to get to the point where you can just sit with the Father. I woke up early this morning. I live a lot closer to church now, so I had extra time on my hands. Sitting in my little apartment, it's like one worship song away. My drive in the car, one worship song, and I'm on the church campus already. And I love that. Three minutes or something. But I'm sitting there, and I'm like, whoa, I woke up early. I have all this time. I'm not driving anymore. I'm just sitting here. What do I do? I had already, when I wake up in the morning, instantly I go to my devotions, read the Word, and I pray. But I was all done with that. That time was good. What do I do? Went back in. I sat down. said, God, I just need to let you do what you need to do. I need to feel that you love me, that you're proud of me, that I'm, I'm a little bit weak right now and I don't have my confidence. I just need to know that, that you got me. You're a good father. You're proud of me. You delighted me. He delighted in Jesus before Jesus did any public ministry. I'm so proud of you. That's my boy. If you're sitting in here and you're a woman, he's proud of you, his daughter. He loves you. Let me just say it on behalf of God. If you're in here hurting right now, God loves you. He delights in you. He doesn't care where you've been, what you've gone through, where you're at. He just loves that you're his kid, his son or his daughter. And we need to learn to just relax and let that happen. Amen? We need to live in a place of knowing that God delights in us. He's proud of us. He believes in us. I hope that that spoke to you this morning. It speaks to me like crazy. It's the reason I'm not even coming back here to preach right away because I don't want to be fake. I just, I need some time to just let God love on me. I got to receive his love again and I just got to let it kind of soak in. And you know what? That, that builds my confidence back up, knowing that he loves me. I don't have to perform. I don't have to be this face or this person. My God is good. And you know what happens? The anxiety begins to melt away. It may take a while, but It'll go away. So I'm praying that for you here this morning as well. And, and we're just going to end in prayer. And um, then we're going to worship. And I don't want you thinking like service is over. These are just ending songs. 
Now, this is this is heart business, and I want you to lean into it. And if you feel led, we've got communion tables in the back and the side over here. Go take communion. Get close to Jesus again. Maybe it's been a while for you to just get close to him. You need to come up forward, get closer, kneel. I don't care what you do. Raise your hands, close your eyes. Whatever you need to do, it's worth it to let, let some of this anxiety go in your life, to get close to God. Who cares? If tears come, tears are awesome. Someone just told me this week, tears are intercessory. Tears are a way of praying to God and letting stuff wash out of your life. So let's pray right now, and we're going to spend some time in worship. Lord, we love you. We thank you for that word this morning. I thank you for what it's doing in my life. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life right now. Lord, it is kind of a tough season for me, and I know I'll come out of it. I'll bounce back. I know that that I'm a guy that usually walks in the full confidence of the Lord, and and that I can lead people well because I lead by example in a place that that has full faith and hope and trust in you. And I, and I, and I can walk in joy and I can, I can be mellow and not let things get to me. But right now, this is a tough season for me, God. And for many of my friends in the room here tonight or watching online, there may be tears in your life. There may be fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. And you're waking up at different hours of, of the night. And this is the message for us today is, Lord, we need to know that you love us, that you got us, that you've given us worship as a weapon. You've given us our word to lean into, to, to remind ourselves of your promises. Your Holy Spirit is working and stirring, stirring up our hearts and reminding us of the love that you, you've given us. And Lord, you put incredible people in our lives if we would open our mouth and we would share and we would ask for help, that we wouldn't fight alone, but we would get involved and allow other people to speak into our lives. Lord, I pray that, that you would begin to take away all of these lies and all of these fears and all these struggles that we have, the fear and the doubt, the insecurity, the anxiety. And Lord, you would restore it with your truth and with your love and just let us know that you love us so much. No matter what happens, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is found in Jesus Christ. So love, Lord, do that to us this morning. I also want to pray right now, if there's anybody in the room, you've never even... You've never even started a real relationship with God. And maybe that you've come to church for a while. Maybe that you've, you've read the Bible before, that you have a lot of Christian friends, and you say all the, the praise gods and everything, but you've never 100% in your heart of hearts surrendered and said, God, I just need you, and I need all of you, and here's all of me. I give it all to you. That's the point when God can really begin to work and blow your mind. And if you've never done that before and said, God, I'm all in. I want to be a Christian, a child of God. Here's all of me. I want all of you. If you've never done that, but you want to right now, today's your day, and I'm going to lead you in that prayer. I'm going to pray the words for you out loud. You're not going to have to pray them out loud. God judges you on the heart right now. He sees what's going on in your heart. But if you want to pray this prayer, the prayer that will change everything, change your eternity from here on out, I want to lead you in this prayer. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to pray the words out loud, and I'm going to ask you to just make those words out loud, the words of your heart to God. You would own it and say, God, this is my prayer to you. And before we pray that prayer, I'm going to ask one thing. Everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed. But I want to know who I get the privilege of leading in this prayer here today. No one else is looking at you. It's not a public deal. But if you want to pray this prayer, that's the greatest prayer you'll ever pray in your life to become a Christian here today. I'd love for you to let me know that you're going to pray it with me. And right before we pray that, can I ask you one thing? Can you let me know right now that you're going to pray with me by just raising your hand? Can you lift your hand right now and hold it up? Good, I see hands going up all across the room. I see you, 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 I got you. I see you over here, 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 here. A bunch of people all around the room. Praise God. 
Amen. And if you're in the kids' room in the back, you're raising your hand, somebody sees you, you're maybe in the courtyard, or you're online, you don't have to raise your hand, but God sees you. You just need to know that. You need to know that you've been seen by the one that matters the most. So with your hands down right now, would you just make this the prayer of your heart as I pray it out loud? Just make this your prayer. Here we go. God, I'm here today, and, and, and God, I need you. I need some help in life. Lord, I, I may know about you, and I may have been to church before, even read my Bible before, but Lord, I need to know for real 100% that you are my God, that I'm your kid, I'm your son, or I'm your daughter, and Lord, that I'm in, that I'm in eternal relationship with you. And Lord, I know that the word tells us that the way that I get that relationship is by believing that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for my sin. He paid the price for my sin and my shame and my guilt and my bondage and my baggage and my issues. He paid for it on the cross so that I wouldn't have to, so that I wouldn't have to have eternity apart from you, God. Jesus paid with his own life. And then he did what only God could do. He rose from the dead. He conquered death itself. In so doing, he conquered my debt, my guilt, my shame, my hurt, my sin, all that stuff that keeps me from you. And Lord, if I believe in that and I confess, Father, that you are my God and Jesus, you're my Savior and Holy Spirit, you're the one that empowers me to live this life, then I'm saved. And so, Lord, I believe that from this day forward, as I put my trust in you and I live for you, that I have a new life, I have eternity with you. Thank you for being my God this morning, for changing my life. I look forward to what you're about to do, to heal me, to forgive me, to help me overcome anxiety, guilt, shame, all the stuff that I carry with me. Lord, you're pleased with me because of this decision right now. Just because of me saying yes to you, you delight in me. You're proud of me. You're excited to do new things in my life. And Lord, I I receive it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we praise God for all those people that prayed that this morning? Amen.